Hey Blockheads, this is DJ AK from NK Airplay Radio. And if you love what the My So-Called Whatever podcast crew is doing, check us out too. NK Airplay is an online radio station playing all your favorite hits from the 80s and 90s, especially the ones from those boys in the band, New Kids on the Block. Listen to artists like Boys to Men, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, boy bands, girl bands, and many more. We play artists that are associated with or who inspired the new kids on the block, plus some of the artists that inspired us while we were growing up. Check us out on social media at NK Airplay Radio. And download the Live 365 app for your iPhone or Android phone and listen today. Friends forever, that's what we are. Through the thick and the thin, we're friendship stars. We're banger main buddies from the days of old. We laugh, cry, and hug, friendship's all in gold. My soccer, whatever started a year ago. We share our stories, and your stories were told. 80s, 90s, memories that give us glee. And on the block party shows, NKOTB. Now our friendship circle has grown by far. Hashtag friends forever, that's what we all are. Boom. And if you don't know, now you know. My soul called whatever for life. Hashtag MSCW Hashtag Friends Forever Yeah Uh, 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 uh Yeah Hey, Brooke Hi How's it going? I just yawned when I said that That's okay That's okay <laughs> Um I was just gonna say it's Wednesday night But it's actually Thursday night It is Thursday night And it is May 28th. Oh, hey. I couldn't tell you what date it is. As you know, our pool is like open for business. I'm jealous. I just actually got word that my pool will be here by the end of next week. That's amazing. I don't know when it will be installed, but it will be here by the end of next week. What's incredible is that like I've. Now, this is only our second summer with this pool, but like in homes prior, we've had pools. Mm-hmm. And we've never had it open this early. So cool. But we've had some like hot days. We have. Today was a scorcher. Like it was, it was hot. It was humid. It wasn't. See, I didn't go outside. Oh, it was hot. And, like, I didn't go to Target. I, I, I guess I went to Target, but it was later. So it was probably cooled down by then. I do have to say, though, this is kind of off topic, but on topic. But I got to see you finally. We yes. social distance appropriately. We did social distance appropriately, but Kevin came over because Pete needed a hand getting the stairs in the pool. Yeah. And I am no help in that department. Yeah. So Kevin came over. They were outside. Like, they social distance pretty appropriately. Well, because I mean, the stairs are pretty you know. wide, so. Yeah. Right. And um, they got him. They got him in. And it was really nice. It was really nice to see a friend. It was really nice to see your face. Face to face. Yes. Even if it was six feet apart. And be in your house. Like, it was nice. Like, I miss it. And I want to come back. Even though my house was messy. I want to come back soon. I want to come back and swim in your pool. (laughs) Because Brooke (laughs) totally, I thought she was kidding. And she was like, 
she was like, come go, go for a swim. And I was like, yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. I thought she was joking and she was completely serious. No. And I totally would have taken her up. on. I, I wasn't just, joking. I mean, I was working. I would have just jumped in because you know me. I don't care. When it comes to pools, no. Nikki doesn't care. Like, you just. No, like, Nikki doesn't care. Honestly, it could be like 65 degrees. You don't care. Mandy, I'm talking to you right now. If your pool was open in January, I'd be swimming in it. Yep. I just would. You would be. Like, probably not in 40 degree weather, but I'd say like 55, 60. I'd be swimming. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Anyway. um, So, yeah. That's what I just wanted to say. Anyway. So, we have a good episode tonight. We do. We do. We have our friend Law. It's been a long time coming. And we finally, we finally, the stars aligned. And... We got him on. We got him on. Everything, you know, worked out and it was fantastic. I learned quite a bit. Like, and I was, I felt schooled. Like, I was, yes, I was and, schooled. And it was um, a great conversation, too. It really was. And really I, was. I thought he was a pleasure to he have on. He was a pleasure to have on. Very nice. Um, very nice. We'll do it again. Person. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do it again and we're going to, you'll, you'll hear it. You'll. Actually, you won't hear it because we talked about it afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, oh, right. he'll no, be on again. He'll be on again. We, yeah, yeah, we'll have him on again. Yeah. So here it so, is. Here, here she be. <laughs> and <laughs> let's <What>? go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Perfect. Go so we will intro. Yes. This is Brooke. And this is Nikki. And this is Law. And this is my so-called whatever. Yay. Welcome to the block party. We ain't leaving out nobody. Hey, we have Law here today. Yeah, we're not leaving him out. He's no. here. No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have, you guys could probably hear, we're doing this by phone today, so, um, you know, Stick with us. It will be it will be a great episode. Um, and yes, and the audio is just a little bit different than what you're used to listening to, but it's going to be great. So, yeah, we have law on today. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, yes, it has. And and being such great fans of what y'all ladies are doing and and the podcast and everything, I've been waiting on this. So thank you for having me. We're excited to have you on. We um, I know. So much we, for coming. It's it's been hard usually with Brooke and I's schedules, as you guys probably know. Um mm-hmm. we have a very like short window of time usually to in order to record our episodes. So sometimes it's even hard for Brooke and I to line our schedules up so we can record. Um so mm-hmm. we've been waiting to get with Law for a very long time and we're so excited to have him on here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So we know you're a blockhead. Mm-hmm. Certified. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you came, what we call your new kids on the block journey, like how you came to, to find the new kids and, and what like that spark, what caught your eye? Um, well, I mean, for starters, I mean, we got, that means we have to go back to the eighties for a second. Let's I'm do take it. You back to a, I'm going to take you back to being a young kid from Brooklyn doing talent shows and, and making my own paved dirt because, as you know, and I think every fan knows, 
um, the new kids on the block saga begins with the greatest um, R&B pop group of our generation, which is New Edition. And those are my idols. So, of course, you know, I won my first talent show, you know, singing Lost in Love by New Edition. So at that point, everything that was supposed to be what they now call referred to as a boy band, that was our representation. So, of course, let's move on a little bit. You know, that's like, that's like 84, 85. So as most people may know, um, coming from a musical famous family myself, so we're traveling around the city, we're doing shows, I'm, I'm break dancing, I'm singing, I'm rapping. And one of the greatest things about having the kind of mother that I, that I have, you know, and she's a, um, a, a first place Apollo Theater Award winner. So the cool thing about the fact that my mother and my uncle was always winning at the Apollo, that was a treat for me and my siblings and my cousins. So we got to go to the Apollo to see all, like, if not all, most of the shows. And this is like That's right amazing. when they started taping the shows. This is like wow. when they started taping the shows. What people don't realize about the Apollo is, be, is before they did Showtime at the Apollo, the regular tradition for the last 50 years up until that point was pretty much um, Apollo's amateur night. And as everybody knows, and I don't think I have to tell y'all ladies this because y'all have heard the stories, new kids has always said, even to this day, the day that they knew that they made it is when they played the Apollo. Yeah, and I just happened to be in the audience. Yep. And I just happened to be in the audience that night. I was about, wow. I was what, want to say nine and ten. Oh, my I'll never gosh. forget it. These kids came out, and it was crazy because, you know, at the time, I didn't, and of course, like anybody else, like, you know, for, except for the people who really been following their career in Boston up until that point, everybody knows the history about how they went from here to, to, to New York and doing shows in Brooklyn and stuff like that. But, of course, I hadn't heard of them as of yet. So, of course, I'm sitting there, and these five white boys come out. Now, you do, you do the science. This is Harlem. <laughs> so, if you're at the Apollo Theater, and you happen to be white, and, 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 and just so we're clear, it's not a race thing, it's not even a racism thing. It's just that for most of the, the black and Hispanic audience, we looked at it as, listen, if you're white and you're here, and you come in to sing something, you only got about this amount of time to impress us because it's a hardcore audience. Like, if yeah. you're going to come, you're going to bring it. And trust me, ladies, I done seen the greatest of the great get booed off because they had the wrong stuff on. <sighs> so it's almost like a thing where it was, yeah, it was that picky. Like, that's, this is not a, a fable or a myth. This is real. So when you hear Donnie talk about it and you saw when Jordan cried on stage that night when they, did the, when they came back to the Apollo some years later yeah. and they talked about the experience because... It was a fit of, they were ready, but they were nervous too, because think about it. Five white boys from Dorchester, Boston, under Maurice Starr, of all people. So you only got one shot to make it count. And when I tell you, we looked at them, he was like, okay, this is different. Hmm, all right. As soon as they launched into that first song, and they hit them steps, we was like, oh, shit, oh, like oh, and the next thing you know, as you as you as you infamously heard, go white boys, go white boys, go white. <laughs> that, that was real, and again, it had nothing to do with race because there have been many other white artists and and white groups that have come to the Apollo before and won them over, from Elton John to mm -hmm. um to Gino to Gino Vanelli, the Bee Gees. I mean, we could go on and on, but the thing about New Kids was that you know you can obviously see the setup. Now, me already being a student of the game. The minute I looked at it, and I understood, I'm like, white new edition. I get it. I totally understand now. And it wow. made a lot of sense. And then when I was on Soul Train, which I think was either the week before or the following week after that Apollo appearance, 
Because keep in mind, Hanging Tough wasn't blowing up. People don't realize that. It was yeah. still bubbling under 100 on the billboard, and they were just making their rounds like they always did. Because people forget that new kids' um, whole audience for the last three or four years was nothing but black crowds. So it's almost like people didn't understand it. But us being a musical family that where I come from, we already, I already got it. And the minute Jordan hit that false settle, I was like, yeah, they did their homework. And <laughs> I, I was a fan of it since. That, that was it. So that is one of the best stories homework. I've ever heard. That's that's For a fantastic real. new kids journey story. That is amazing. Yeah, it, it just after <laughs> right after right after that, just to add on to it. Right after that, I told mom, I'm like, yo, we got to go to the Wiz. Remember the Wiz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the store in New York, Sam Goody. I took my. I said, mom, we got to now, mind you, hanging tough. And the first new kids block on the album was still on the shelf because remember it hadn't be, it wasn't the phenomenon yet. Mm-hmm. It's just like this. It's just five five white boys that can sing and dance and rap and still trying to prove themselves as um as major label artists. They already have paid their dues in Boston and even in New York, but now they're playing that. And as we all know the story about not too long after that, um, some DJ in Florida played the very R and B Please Don't Go Girl, which by the way was originally written for new edition. Wow, I didn't know that. Gave it. Yeah, that was if you listen, if you listen to "Please Don't Go, Girl," it sounds like "Is This the End?" by New Edition. Same mm-hmm. setup when Joey does "Please Don't Go, Girl." New Edition is "Is This the End?" It's the same. Maurice Starr's a genius. Bottom line, Maurice is from that old school R and B duo tradition. He knew how to take what he had experienced in the business and learn that and give it to two of the greatest boy bands in the history of of R and B pop music. So. That's that's my that's how my journey began with them. I, I was a fan ever since, wow. and a student amazing. as well. Wow, I know that's wow. amazing to think that you were at the Apollo, like you were there. Oh yeah, where when it started. Oh yeah, and then did you go to the right Apollo? There. You went to the Apollo this this recent. The uh, now here, no here, no no here's the interesting thing. I was trying to go because you know as, as we'll get into that later about me and Donnie being close and the whole bit, but. I was trying to go just to, to, to give, to pay my respects and hang. And then, you know, cause some of the blockheads who became fans of mine and even just some of the ones who were just directly fans of mine, they were all there because I knew I wasn't going to be able to go because ironically enough, I performed at Carnegie hall the wow. next day. And I had oh, to prepare wow. for that yeah. so, with my own stuff with the plantar movement. So we had to do that thing. So it was kind of like a double edged sword because I really wanted to go and see my idols. Yeah. So I hit up Donnie about a, two days after that. He, of course, he understood. I'm like, dude, you know, I, I went up there. I hung with some of the fans, and, you know, we took pictures and stuff. Um, and, of course, um, I, I got the hoodie that I always wanted, the, um, the new kids on the block hanging tough hoodie that I always wanted. So I got that and support like I always do. So I was there to see the fans and just to kind of hear the stories of what happened on, in that show that, that night. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend. But I did see it on YouTube. So that's, that's the next best thing. That's, yeah. It was it was. It was beyond amazing beyond um i i felt i, I, I felt believe, so lucky i felt so that was our first time our only time ever in the apollo theater right that was our very really? first time and oh, only wow. time yeah yeah it it was it was special it, it really was, was. It's not, it's, it, it still had even now in 2020 the apollo still has an effect with the book that i'm writing now which probably won't be out to the end of the year or probably next year there's a whole chapter I had to dedicate to the Apollo about the do's and don'ts, um, what I watched my mom go through before she won first place. And my, my late legendary uncle, Bobby Taylor, was a 13-time 
Apollo winner, winner wow. for the amateur night. And, of course, my legendary grandfather, Sam Bluesman Taylor, played there as a professional back in the 60s with Jody and the Starlighters. And then I would end up playing there with George Clinton and the P-Funk All-Stars. So wow. it's just, it's magical. It's one of those places where, you know, you, you know your home. And even though I'm a Brooklyn boy, I, I love Harlem and I love the history of it. And Apollo is definitely the standing landmark. It, it, it's, Apollo is to Harlem what Motown is to Detroit. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. It's the same. You, you feel something when you're there, you know? Yeah. Oh, we felt it. And we definitely, like you said, it's magical. I'm glad y'all did. Magical. Oh, yeah. It was the first show, I think, and I think, Brooke, you probably were, were the same. I just took it all in. I didn't take any pictures. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I just took it all in. And all in, yeah. yeah. It was It was the best. It was the best. I really wish you could have been there. I really do. But I'm glad that you oh, got a chance I, I, to see well, it. I, I was there in spirit. Like, I'm always yeah. there. Like, every show that I can't go to just to hang with my fellow blockheads or just be in the moment. That's why the shows that I've been at, we, we're in that moment together, even with me being a fan. Because remember, as much as a professional relationship between between me and the fellas and things like that, I am a, I am a fan when I'm at some shows. I'm not trying to be like, I could easily be backstage and hang out, which I've done before, but I like being among the people. I, lo- I love seeing especially the women. I love seeing the women <laughs> sing every word. I, I, I love it. Stop talking my language, but I'm very, you know, I love living it. I'm, I'm not just for new kids either. I'm talking about for all of my, my biggest influences and artists who I looked up to and the ones who I'm fans of. I, I have more fun in the moment just watching people react. And then I'm still studying because I'm forever a student in the game. So it's just always something to learn. And I've been studying new kids from day one, the same way I studied new additions. So for me, it's like, even now it's, still i go back to being that kid watching and studying and, and looking at the hanging tough live video every other day trying to get that step that jordan did or or yes. something that dan like it, yeah it's always it's, it's it's always like that with me that so, spin step I, I, that I spin totally, step i'm telling you i try i try but i can't get it <laughs> <laughs> um so you were a fan from the beginning you we can actually say you were a fan from the beginning and absolutely you've you followed him through did you follow him through the 90s and um absolutely yeah oh hell yeah oh yeah and then it was over and we were all sad and we didn't know what to do yeah it it it, it, it brought let me just say this It, it just i mean i was like everybody else because you know considering the plethora of groups that came out, be it black. And I always make this distinction of, of knowing because a lot of times what happens for me, and, and hopefully I'm not overstepping the question, but the thing is that the importance of new kids on the block in that particular energy and that time period, even up until they did face the music was so relevant and so needed because of the balance of everything else. And then showing just how much of an influence R and B and pop music really is because mm-hmm. i have to you know yeah remember we didn't have social media back then right. so a lot of people didn't know the history and there there and there was a sense i'm going to say this there was a sense of discord because and i'm pretty sure y'all have heard it a million times because a lot of people don't understand um the difference between fandom and industry stuff mm-hmm. on an industry level of course because there was no social media a lot of a lot of black fans that were on other musical levels they thought that new kids were copy copy like oh it's trying to be like new edition not even realizing that um they're discovered by the same person hello mm-hmm. um they're all right. school together because they didn't know that nobody knew the history the same thing with vanilla ice nobody knew the history i know vanilla ice's history very well and a lot of people did not know 
their history. So it caused people to start drawing conclusions and making judgments. And then on the flip side of that, it was always this thing where we always said that the balance has been created because now the white teenage girls finally have a group that they can scream for. Now, keep in mind, so be clear, mm-hmm. race ain't got nothing to do with it. It does not matter. You could be black and any color and love new kids on the block or right. new edition or Manuto. I right. love all three. Right. I'm, a, right. I'm a certified black man. I love all three of them because they all, I, Robbie Rosa from, from Manuto is one of my very good friends. And every time I see him, I always sing Cannonball to him. That's how deep of a Manuto fan I was. So it's like, I understood it. You know, young Ricky Martin before we got to know him as a solo artist. So with Nuka, it was the same thing. And then, you know, once they, once they broke up, it was heartbreaking. But I already knew that, you know, and I already had a, I had a hunch. I said, Jordan's going to be the first person to make his stride. If not Jordan, then definitely Joey. And they both did with two incredible, great first albums. Stay oh the same and what nice wow. self-titled album and, and even back then, I knew in the back of my mind, I said, you know, they're going to reunite someday. I said, is this just is really? not the time? How long did it take? I, I knew. I mean, first of all, if you saw Jordan's trailer, I remember they interviewed him for something when he was recording the album. And you know, they're going to ask him. He said, hey, well, question, will the new kids ever reunite it? And you know what Jordan said at that time? What? He said, well, I'm not sure, but I definitely wouldn't vote against it. So oh. he already, see, even in his heart, he knew. See, a lot of the fans didn't know that. Probably didn't even see that interview. But that's how much I followed the guys throughout their solo careers and different things like that. And then Danny stepped up tremendously and blew everybody away with his solo stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I'm consistent. Like anytime a group that I study, and they have same thing with the Backstreet Boys. Like you know, um, two of my favorite guys in that group is Kevin and of course Nick Carter. I love I love all five of them. I'm just saying like those are my two favorites. So they were doing the most with the solo work. And I follow what they did. So it's pretty much the same thing with new kids. Like any time that they were into whatever they were doing. And of course, when Donnie turned over to acting, um, I followed everything he did. I saw yeah. Bullfighter. I watched all the movies that he was in. And it's so crazy how, you know, you would think that the only Wahlberg brother besides Mark that can do some great acting. And then here comes Donnie showing his chops. So right. it's, you know, mm. I- I'm committed. I'm committed to the cause. Let's, let's put it that way. I just have to, uh, it's on topic, but off topic, but like, can we talk oh, about his role in Dreamcatcher? I think we've talked about it before, but it was amazing. Yeah, I mean he yeah. he is a, he is a fantastic actor, and yeah, I'm yeah. It's he can sing, he can dance, he can act. I mean, it, it, it's it's nothing my big bro can do. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother. That's that whole is true. That is the truth. That is the truth. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation by itself. I, I can, I can, I can write books on Donnie Wahlberg. That's that's one of my one of my biggest heroes, and definitely my big goal for life. Love him. Well, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Donnie and how you finally like. When did you get to actually meet him for the first time? Okay, well, of course, it was twenty years in the making. <laughs> like everybody else, probably. Yes, to yes. That's why I love. Let me just say that before I answer that. That's why I love hearing blockhead stories, and then. I get the reactions. Like, trust me, like, I'm like him because me and Donnie are very much alike because, you know, as everybody knows, I connected with him. I love all five of the guys, of course, but, of course, I connected with Donnie the most because we're both from the street. That's number one. Mm -hmm. I'm from Brooklyn. He's from Dorchester. And they're not worlds apart. There's a lot of similarities between between Boston and Brooklyn. So it's like that part of it alone, large family, of course, you know, I got several brothers and sisters, and so does he. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always say we grew up in the middle that we didn't grow up middle class. You know, he's from the hood. I'm from the hood. So we we already have that distinction. So a lot of his ethic and the way that he thought musically and the way that he was the center. Because remember, when, when Maurice put um, New Kids together, Donnie was the centerpiece. Right. And as he mm-hmm. said in VH1, he was like, and it's true, there were not a lot of white guys who were rapping, singing R&B and hip hop and breakdancing and doing graffiti like these guys really were. Mm-hmm. But he said, but you know what? I got some friends in mind because he knew that he had some talented white friends that were his friends that can bring something to make the, um, to make the concept a reality. So um, I waited 20-something years. And thanks to my boy, the incredible Jimmy Marsh, Boston OG, wise guys, legend, stand up. Y'all know who he is because um, I'm a huge Jimmy Marsh fan. I love what he was doing and things like that. And at the time, I think Donnie had just produced his first EP. I think it was Feel My Pain or one, one of them joints, or Redemption, one of them. And he happened to do the after party. So I went to the show. So we had been talking for a minute because, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to, to holler at Donnie, but, you know, it was every it was like a lot of traffic going on. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to see him and it's going to happen. I said, at some point, I'm going to meet him and we're going to get a chance to really have a real sit down because I really wanted Donnie to know that how much that, especially because I'm going to keep it very honest. Even though there are a lot of us male fans, to be totally honest, new kids is really a female thing. And you, and you know why yeah. I say that? Because basically these are five attractive, good-looking Boston guys that that had every girl to stand still. Every girl had a favorite. Everybody knows. That's why I love right. y'all. y'all <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm a Donnie girl. I'm a John girl. Like, I, I get it. I understand. So I wanted Donnie to know that it was deeper than that for me because I really studied them as a group from every album, you know, every video, like I really was committed to being um, a, a mentor, read, even though they didn't know, know me from a can of paint at that time. So it's just almost a thing. So that's why I met him. I believe it was what I must say 2008, 2009, okay. like right around that time. He was right in Soho and sure enough, Jimmy invited me to the, um, to the after party they had in, in Soho village, which is right in my neck of the woods in Manhattan. And we met, and we, we've been clicking ever since. So, of course, you know, the notable talks, he, he would retweet certain stuff. Because, you know, I was, as, as most of y'all know, I, I drop a lot of facts that a lot of people don't know about new kids and certain things that get left out. Because, yeah. you know, you can't tell that story. Like, remember the New Edition had a movie? You can't, they had three parts. And even in those three parts, a lot of stuff was still left out. So it's the same thing with new kids. A lot of history that people didn't know. So I guess Donnie and, and Danny kind of peeped it. And they were retweeting stuff like that. And then, of course, the fans started telling him about the other stuff. And then he saw what I was doing, and we just clicked even more. So we was already on the same page when we met. And then it happened another time. And then, you know, the rest is history. We just we became we became bonded, like brothers. Uh, it's just, it's neat that you were able to connect and then actually, like, connect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a dream come true. Like, I, And he knows that because I, I just... Like when I call most of my heroes, and I think most of the fans know this already, y'all probably might have seen it too on a few of my tweets and stuff like that. I refer to a lot of my musical heroes as either, especially on the male side, like either, you know, sis or auntie or, 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 or big bro yep. or, or my uncle. So that's the whole thing that it's just, to us where I'm from in Brooklyn, that's a sign of respect. So for me, I've always looked at it like that. And because Donnie really treats me like his little brother. So like the whole aspect of that, because of who he is as a person, forget the artist, but as a man, as somebody that's from where I'm from, it's an automatic distinction from the average fan. I always tell people I'm different from the average fan because I'm an artist myself. Mm-hmm. So it's a difference between 
somebody just saying, oh, I don't like that song. They may, I say, they may not hear what I hear, or I'm able to say certain things. And I don't know if y'all saw, I think y'all were on there the night that Donnie brought me in, brought me into his live. And yes. Said, and that kind of, it, it, it took everything in me not to fight tears from people couldn't see it. And, and uh-huh. I love what he said. And, and you know, no, I didn't put a gun to his head and tell him to say it. That's just mm-hmm. speaking from the heart. He was like, I know when I'm doing it right when you say something, Mo. Because you're very, you know, and he knows that because I'm very real and, and I've done the homework. I studied them from the very beginning of, of, of their shit. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to always be honest and, and tell the truth about things. And then more so because my heroes are still out here doing it. They got back together. Mm-hmm. supposed to be a one-time thing. People thought it wouldn't last that long. And here we are some years later and we, they doing cruises. They doing all types of stuff. And it's like it's like a whole new breath of fresh air to see them at this stage. And to me, they're better than when they, when they were out. When they yeah. Were in the yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm telling you, the block. Oh, yeah. The block. <laughs> the block is like my favorite album. That is that, that 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 is my favorite album. The block. I always say the block is my favorite album because it picks up exactly where they left off musically with face to music. Because what mm-hmm. people don't understand about face to music was that. They were going in that quote unquote the block direction anyway. The music was more grown, it was more sexy. They weren't boys anymore. They were these were men now. So Dirty yep. Dog and um, Can't Believe It's Over and and you know um, I'm thinking, thinking so my, my favorite song in this actually I'll be waiting for you with, with Danny and Joey singing. That's actually my favorite song on the whole album. Um, Girls, which was um, written and co-produced by my mentor Leon Silvers of the Silvers family. So that's one of my mentors in the game. So a lot of connections made there, and then plus, but it still combines the feel of what Hanging Tough represented, the bubblegum first time thing of what the first album represented, and the maturity that they were trying to streamline when they did Step by Step. Because Step by Step is actually a breaking point too, if you think about it. Step by Step, it really is. Joey's voice had changed. Right. You know? That's right. why it's so funny when they do all the steps and they see they hear this manly tone. I can't get. You. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, yes. No, I remember. I remember specifically hearing that. Yeah, it was crazy. So the block represented that. The block really hammered it home for me. I'm like, this is exactly the album that I would have expected from them if they were going to come back. Because as Danny said, the only way I was coming back is if he was doing the music. Because they're really, you know, they're really about the music and the art of this thing. Like These are real guys that know music, not just some average boy band that was put together to make a bunch of girls scream. Like these are, they're, they're real artists. Right. So, yeah. Right. And I, I like how you said that, how you said that it was the album that you would have expected. Because yeah. from your perspective, it's a little different. As a fan, just as me, it was the album I wanted. Yeah, you know it, that was what I wanted. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect, but it was what I wanted, what I needed as a fan. Absolutely. So I think that that's kind of cool because you do have a different perspective on it. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and thank you for acknowledging that because I always say, like I saw. I mean, we have these discussions all the time. If you see me on Twitter or Instagram, and we a lot of times I'll post something. Y'all know how I am. Y'all, y'all got no way for how I can be. Sometimes. Yeah, the funny yeah, thing yeah. Is I have to remind me <laughs> My ears are always different because you got to remember, um, I'm a singer, I'm a rapper, I'm a musician, I'm a producer, I'm a songwriter. So I get certain things. When they ask me my opinion, I'm going to always make sure that the opinion is what it is because of the fact that I step outside of the professionalism as a fan and I'm listening as a new kids fan like, is this what I want to hear? 
Joey saying, is this what I want to hear Jordan saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, Donnie's vocal on the way is mind-blowing because it's just, he knows what to do on every song. So it's almost like, for me, I know how to listen to it with the objective and subjective ears. A lot of the fans, right. is either they, don't like it, they don't like it, oh, I can't, I don't like that song, I like that album more. I love it, I love it, or just pretty much anything that the new kids do, they can do no wrong. And that's cool, too. I like that song. I like, that, listen, look. That's kind that's of the boat I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, look, but, that, but that's what being a real fan is all about because you have options. When you have options as a fan, you can make a decision. Like, you know, like Prince is my number one idol. Let's just get that clear. And I, I'm <laughs> the first person to tell you. I mean, like, I'm, and I'm cool with all those guys. You know, Mars Day is a good friend of mine. That's where, that's where new kids got that step from, from the right stuff. They got it from Mars Day. It's a dance called The Penguin. Oh. And all they did was just updated it for the generation. That, oh, 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 when they shuffle their feet. That's, that's mm. Mars Day in the time. But Mars Day got that dance from the old seventies dance called the Penguin. If you if you look it up on on YouTube, they'll go right to Soul Train and you'll see some of the dancers doing it back then. But they didn't have that style. Like Mars brought cool to it, and the new kids do it in their routine. But going going that's a little fun fact for those that don't know where they got that step from. That's what that's where that step comes from. I love it. You're full and, of and the facts. Fact, I love it. Well, and, 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 and they can confirm all this because you can go to either one of them and they'll, and they'll tell you it's true. So I'm not telling I ain't saying anything that, that's not wrong or, or not hearsay. This is the real actual truth because, you know, they were the embodiment of their influences. Without, without New Edition, there would be no new kids on the block. Mm-hmm. And Donnie always made that clear from day one, yeah. the very beginning. Every interview I've ever seen them do from when they were teenagers, they made it clear who their heroes were. Yeah, they, they tell us like we love Run DMC, we love hip hop. So it's not a we're trying to be anything. They're products of their environment. They you know they went to school in Roxbury, which is pretty much predominantly all black neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. it's not like oh we're trying to do this. It's show and prove. You go up with your influences, not because your stereotype cast is being white, especially not to mention the fact that they live right around the, the corner from Donna Summer, who's another Boston legend. People forget that too. I didn't so know that. it's a lot of that. Yeah, but or that, that's all. Oh, that, well, actually, to be honest with you, somebody who you should—if you want to get some real new kids on on the block history on a deeper level—Donna um, Summer's niece, Taisha, who's an incredible singer and songwriter. That's one of my very best friends. She was there during that period. She was actually very close to Jordan because her and her sister Maddie um, used to grow up with one of Jordan's ex-girlfriends, like back in the day. Like this is some real history, like real boss. Wow. So she saw it as. She saw it as it was starting. Like, so she got a lot of great stories that she could tell you, too. And then plus being down to Summer's niece, that's the whole part of Boston because they live not too far from that area. They were all in that same area. As a matter of fact, on Wahlburgers, I remember they had a clip of Mark Wahlberg talking about it. He was talking about the fact that they lived around the corner from Donna Summer and, and Donna Summer's family members and things like that. So it's, it's all relative. It's all relative. Wow. But what I was trying to say was about um, Prince being my number one idol, as much as I loved him, I didn't like the last few, three albums that he did before he passed away. I like certain songs on it, but I didn't like the package as a whole. And no other Prince fans tried to go to war with me because they were, I said, we ain't going to have this about who's the bigger Prince fan. That's stupid. I'm not getting into no arguments about that because it's all subjective. Yeah. And if I don't like a song, I don't like a song. But that's not because of the fact that it's not good. Some people are just that consistently good. Stevie yeah. Wonder never made a bad album, in my opinion. All yeah. the Stevie Wonder's albums are great. That's my opinion, though. It's my opinion. Maybe I could be different, but new kids, it's pretty much the same thing. Like, they, to me, even now, and better as recording artists, they know how to give you the balance of everything 
that they are. Mm-hmm. There's the pop stuff, there's the R&B stuff, there's the hip-hop stuff, there's the rock stuff even. There's the EDM stadium music dance stuff. I love mm-hmm. all of it. And they execute with every song. Every song has a real great personal feel to it, you know? Right. No. Yeah. It, it feels, it's just like what Brooke said, they give us what we didn't know we needed every yeah. time. And we're like, I didn't know I'd, I didn't know I needed that, but I got it, and now I feel great. <laughs> so thank you. Absolutely. absolutely. It's very, it's very I, satisfying. I didn't know I needed the way, but you gave it to me, and I absolutely love oh, it. Yeah. Thank you. That's, and I, <laughs> I'm here for it. And the Stevie Wonder shout out, the Stevie Wonder shout out was dope too, which I dug. I dug that. <laughs> <laughs> la 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 la. That, that's Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know that. No. No, you're teaching yeah. us. You are. We are here to learn from you. We are. We are in the that's, law that's school that's tonight. Thank you. That's the Stevie Wonder song called "Another Star." So, of course, the minute I heard it, and they did it with swag. La 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 la. Yeah. La 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 la. That's a song by Stevie Wonder called "Another Star." It's on his greatest album called um, "Songs in the Key of Life." So okay. that shows you how musical new kids really are because the minute i heard i'm like oh shit they saw that stevie wonder and then when i read the credits i'm like yep they got his name in there so wow absolutely wow i love it i love all these facts like i just i just love hearing it i'm I'm, i have a whole new appreciation seriously like you're opening my eyes thank you you. i mean but that's I, i want people to know that more than anything else because i mean they fought for so long and they fought the good fight you know in the end they kind of in my opinion they threw the they threw the flag in or threw the towel in early once they decided to break up but mm-hmm. they really fought the good fight for those years that they were active because to be taken seriously as, as a as a unit and as a group with so mm-hmm. much talent things to offer it's kind of hard when people are trying to put you in this category and then they don't know much about you so they assume these things about you on on all ends mm-hmm. Oh, who these guys think they are? And then I was like, oh, no, 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 they're trying to do this. Oh, no, no, no. Not knowing the facts about who they really are. So thank the Lord that success is always greater the second time around in the words of Shalomars. Because for them to come out fully grown men with families, the whole bit, and then even more mature in their sound, and now they have even more control over it. So we get to see the fruits of that time apart and how they've grown as artists and, and what to hear and what to expect from them. And, and looking forward to it all the time because it's almost like the thing as to where um, the musical part is what makes it all equal for the fans because, you know, we have new music to purchase and to and to get with just so we can see what they're up to or what direction they might be moving in next. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. the block represents all of that. And that's why to this day, I mean, it, it's um, the song Twisted inspired me to write my song Digital Love Experience on my first album, The Planet Soul Syndrome. So it was crazy. That's how influential the Black album was for me in terms of when I was in the studio at that time still working on my um my first album. So and I heard that album and was like, ooh, okay. I gotta add in my in my <clears throat> thing now. So yeah, so that so to have my one of my favorite groups still influence me that way musically, mm-hmm. that it it just says it all, you know? Wow. It really does. I have no words right now. I've learned so much. <laughs> well, it's eye-opening. And I'm just going to say, if there is ever a New Kids on the Block trivia night at the local bar, 
I would really love it if you could come up here. Yes. I've seen that compliment on, on, on my social media one day. I was like, Lord can't go on Jeopardy. If he goes on Jeopardy. Matter of fact, you know who tells me all the time? My, my songwriting partner, my partner in crime, Roger Ortega, who you had on your show. Like, love Roger. That makes, we love Roger. He makes, yeah, right. That's my, my brother for life, man. He, he always makes that. That's the running joke between our clique like, that we roll with. He's like, I'll bet you Lawrence knows it. Like, let, let him answer it, or whatever the case may be. And, and I take pride in that simply because, I mean, not just with new kids, but with all of my musical heroes, you know, um, Prince, the Jacksons. Stevie Wonder, um, James Brown, you know, um, Boys to Men, mm-hmm. to see, you know, um, Led Zeppelin, Vanilla Fudge, Kiss, you know, I can go on and on. I have a lot of influences. And the thing is that if you're an artist, if you don't know your past, you don't know your future. And I think that because we have social media now, it's entertainment. I know y'all been seeing the recent battles that they've been having on Instagram um, with, the, with the Versus thing that they haven't been doing it with all the artists of the 90s and some for the early 2000s. Like they had the babyface Teddy Riley thing, yeah. which I thought was brilliant because 400,000 people came to this battle on Instagram, damn near breaking it. And I can promise you, it was not just all old school folks that was on that particular live that night. There was a bunch of young people who are probably in their early 20s that might know who baby, they know who babyface is because they've heard their mothers play, play the music. But now you get to understand why that music was so important in your parents' generation. I mean, that's our generation, too. I, I, you know, I, have, I, have, um, I have four children, so my two oldest, they get it more now than they ever did before because now they're like, it makes sense. There's certain things that are required. So I tend to really make sure that people understand the history of all of my idols, especially when we're talking about new kids on the block. As I told you before, early in the conversation, that um, you know, there was no social media back then, so there were a lot of assumptions that were being made people had no clue of and they just would just judge them without even hearing them or having this complex about you know why why these white kids trying to do r&b and all this other foolishness which is bs and considering that we have many other white artists that were doing r&b way before new kids did and it's just like oh now it's a problem because it's them it's like it was a lot of that it was a lot of that particular thing going on so it's just it's, it's really really good that i get to express these things through social media so that some of the fans will understand how deep it is because I'm not, as again, I'm not, I'm not the average fan. Yeah, I am a no. blockhead to the bone bristle. I celebrate, I sing with you, but it's deeper for me because I'm somebody that studied everything that Jordan and Joey and, um, and, and Donnie and Danny did in terms of their singing, in terms of movement and things of that nature and, and certain riffs and runs I get from Jordan. Like, I, I, that's how much I studied you guys. So it's a, it's a whole different perspective for me. Wow, you're like blockhead level hey. twelve, like. And twelve is like the highest you can go. You are blockhead level twelve. Wow, I, appreciate that. I feel you. like I'm blockhead ne- level negative one right now because I don't like all this stuff is like all news to me. Like I'm just, I just it 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 makes you really appreciate the music a lot more. Well, I mean, if you if you want to get even deeper, just real quick, yeah. When they do the right stuff, when they do the right stuff now, um, the live actually I like it better live. Like the way they do it live now is better than they, than they've ever done it. But mm-hmm. if you listen to when they break it down, the bass player starts playing cool by the time. And I said that goes to show you right there. Remember I told you earlier that step that oh 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 that step they got that from the time because what people don't realize is that they're also big. Prince fans. 
Like Nukes mm-hmm. on the Block definitely studied Prince and Revolution and that whole Minneapolis thing. As a matter of fact, Jordan's biggest song or biggest single, Give It To You, is produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who are a part of the time. But people always think that, oh, this just comes from what well, they're trying to be. I said, no. These, just like New Edition did their homework, New Kids did their homework too. Same thing. They all studied the best of the best at that particular time because you got to remember that was our era because they ain't but they ain't but some year a few years older than me like probably seven to eight years older than me and that's still in the same um the same age range so we all had the same heroes growing up and the same people that we paid attention to so none of that to me was lost on anything you know what i mean like they're part of the culture they did their homework yeah bottom line and that's that's what it really boils down to at the end of the day i don't care what color or what race you are if you do your homework and you come out swinging and you execute it you want to win, and that's the reason why new kids won at the Apollo. That's the reason why they were accepted. Yeah, because we got past that whole say, okay, they white, okay, that's different. But then when they came out swinging and hitting them steps, and then and little Joey came out and saying, "Please don't go, girl," and had all the adult women in there going crazy. Yeah, that they won. Yeah. Once you get past that test, ain't nothing <laughs> you can't do. It. There was nothing more to say. So there was no, it was no more of the whole. Um, well, who are these guys? It was like, who are these guys? Right. trying to get to know more about them. And me and my bro- me and my older brother, it, it wasn't a guilty. I have a saying that I always say. Um, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I like what the F I like. That's just the bottom line. So in high school, we didn't go through that. Me and my brother would go around all day um, singing all the steps and um, step by step. So my older brother was funny because, you know, he had a much deeper voice than he had a huskier voice than me. So every time we step one came on, he would do Dennis part. That's why to this day, every time I hear that part, I start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He would, he would let me do the rest, and then he would do Joey's, and then I would do John's, and then we both do that. <laughs> like don't like, like, and we did, and we and we was around nothing but black and Mexican kids, and I mean, mostly white too. But it was more of that. We didn't care. Nobody ever gave gave us anything about being new kids fans and. Anybody value their health wouldn't do it either because, you know, we about that Brooklyn. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they wouldn't they say things about it. So it. It broke my heart to hear that there were a lot of fans that actually were teased and oh, bullied for like the new kid. I'm like, really? Like, that's crazy. We so, were. Yeah. We were teased. We were, we were really? teased oh, relentlessly. Like, just wow. relentlessly. Like, I mean, and we stayed strong and we said, we don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was like one of the first times and I mean that I would I was like, I don't care. I, I still like them. And they would come at you. I mean, it was mostly the boys. I think it's it was a boys. jealousy. It was a jealousy thing. I really I was, do. Like, You're just I was just I was I was just gonna say, here's the funny thing about this, and I'm I'm gonna keep it real with you, because the same thing happened with New Edition. The same thing happened with Menudo. And the funny thing what people don't know, see, I, I was, as you can tell, I was just, I was not the typical kid because the thing for me is that, you know, I think Donnie said it best in one of the interviews. He said, I live for the screens. That's mm-hmm. me. That's why me and him have so much in common. Because for me, I'm starting out as a singer, as you know. I'm seven years old in my first professional gig, and the crowd is liking what I'm doing. But to me, the ultimate test was, doing the school talent show. I'm, I'm in what? I'm third grade at the time, third or second grade. And I'm singing Lost in Love by New Edition. And the girls, you know, it, it was, it, yeah. it, you know, they started screaming on my first note. So the thing for me was this. A lot of guys were jealous and hating because they wish it was them. And while they were hating, me and my siblings, we were studying. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, no, we trying to make the girls scream too. Hello, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at everything that Jordan's doing. I'm looking at everything that Danny is doing. I'm trying to gain knowledge so I can make the girls in my hood scream the way they just scream for them. And of course, it would happen. But I'm just saying more so. If I would have had that same mentality, like ah, oh, oh, them, they ain't nobody. They ah, oh, they had a. And that's because they were just mad because they wish the girls were screaming over them like that. And I'm going to feel like, but y'all MFs don't sing. Yeah. Y'all don't dance. Y'all don't do nothing. <laughs> Nobody's right. screaming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's screaming for you. And, and and just to be fair, I mean, I mean, I had my fair share of the attention before they knew I sung. So I, I had that. I was pretty blessed and fortunate to have that working for me. But at the same time, it just got extra when, when, I, when they knew that I sung and I danced and everything yeah. and I rapped. So extra but at the same time i never had that type of mentality because any group or any artist that made the girls scream i mean perfect example one of my favorite artists of all time julio iglesias now in case you can't tell i don't understand i only know basic spanish when spanish people <laughs> start talking i can't understand you have to tell me i know certain curse words in spanish. i know, I know yeah. sexy stuff in spanish but the thing about julio iglesias is that i would watch him live sometimes and he would just go like this <laughs> Yo, the girls would just start throwing panties and spazzing. I'm like, he's just standing still with this face. That's what they who, who doesn't want that? <laughs> he didn't even get past the sentence, ladies. He didn't even get past the, the, the sentence before girls can throw their panties on stage and start yelling and screaming. And I'm watching, I'm like, I don't understand a damn word this dude is saying. But you know what? I'm feeling him. Hey, Mom, can we get that record? Yeah. And I began studying. That's really? Wow. My first influence is, of course, Julio Iglesias. Because, I mean, Menudo was a factor, too. But, um, but Menudo was still Americanized for the Spanish girls that lived in America that happened to be of Mexican or Puerto Rican mm. or Dominican or whatever the uh-huh. case may be. But mm-hmm. as I told y'all earlier before, race didn't matter because look at all the multiple races of women that love new kids on the block, that love Menudo, yeah. that love new addition, mm-hmm. love voice for yeah. Race doesn't matter. But I'm telling you how record, but record labels, of course, that's how they were thinking. The record labels were like, okay, we got something for the Spanish girl, we got something for the white girl, and we got something for the black girl. That's the way they thought. We didn't care. No, no real fan really cared about whether you was white or black or, or, or Hispanic. It was more so... You, you a fan like me. You like the music like I do. Because a lot of um, Hispanic um, New Kids fans, I wasn't surprised. Like, people thought I was going to be surprised. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Let's be from New York. It's the same thing. So that's, that's how I got into Gloria Stefan, later Mark Anthony, Hector Laveau. I got, that's how deep I got into music around that time because it opened up a lot of um, my musical ear. Um, Tito Puente, Cecilia Cruz. Like, I got into all that based upon watching Julio Iglesias making the girly stream by simply singing Spanish. So, yeah, it's colorblind. Music is colorblind, baby. That's what it is. It really is. I get compliments all the time, you know, like young OG, you know, Lord's the master. And mind you, I only take the credit only because I put the work in, I have the experience, I have the resume, but I'm forever a student. Mm-hmm. I still go, I still have all the old footage from New Kids on the Block when they were doing shows in Brooklyn and stuff like that. I have some of that on VHS. Like, I literally... Wow. I still have this stuff. I still study it on an old school level. I'm still that nine-year-old kid in my Brooklyn apartment that was sitting in the house all day if I wasn't in school studying my idols, trying to get every turn, every step, 
every yelp every yodel you know that's pretty much been me and i'm still like that now as, as a grown-ass man it's still the same thing with me that's why i told you i'd rather i can watch from the side of the stage i love watching because you get to learn more from that angle too but i like to be in the front and just party with the fans because i'm getting the reaction i'm feeling like y'all feel. i may not scream my eyeballs out but <laughs> it's almost like that same effect for me is just like look at my big brothers go they look at them still killing it they still having fun doing this so yeah so i'm a student i'm forever a student in this that's that's awesome. That's excellent. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about you. And mm-hmm. so you're an artist. And mm-hmm. do you perform all different kinds of music? Or Yes, okay. yes I do. It's called, it's called the Planet 12 Sound. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm the embodiment of all of my influences. And because I came from a musical family... My family was my Juilliard for music, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, Juilliard is one of the greatest prestigious mm, music yeah. artists there is. And everything has a section. So my family, who some of them were famous and went on to do things in the industry, like my, like my grandfather and, and a couple of my uncles, um, every chapter represented them. So, of course, my mom was all gospel. You know, of course, the, the typical Shaka Khan, Aretha, Patti LaBelle, mm-hmm. and her favorite singer, Nancy Wilson, but my mother also loved the Carpenters and Barbara Streisand. So I had the best of all wow. worlds in the musical. Wow. And then my dad, you know, being such an Ozzy Brothers and Stylistics fan, because as everybody knows, that's where Jordan gets his full settle from, from Russell Thompson to the Stylistics. That's where mm-hmm. he gets his whole full as well as Blue Magic, which featured the great Ted Mills. Like all those seventies groups, that's who Jordan studied. So whenever you hear, whenever you hear, um, matter of fact, one of the greatest examples of that is when he sings, "I'll be loving you forever." That see how the way he does that forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are Russell Tompkins. That's where he gets that whole bravado from. He'll tell you that himself. That's where he gets his whole style from. Ted Mills and Russell Tompkins, because in the seventies, that's who reigned supreme with the false double singing, and in the seventies, that's. The greatest R&B groups in the world were fronted by guys who sang that high. So, um, as an artist, I borrowed from all that. And I always say I'm a proud 80s baby and a, and a proud 90s kid slash teenager simply because I say that our era is the best. And, of course, not disrespecting the eras that came before us or after us. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that we're the best, in my opinion, because we have what came before us. And we were a part of what was happening at that particular moment, like New Wave, yeah, Human League, you know, things like that, Flock of Seagulls. And, and then we had Hip Hop, Run DMC, Fat Boys. You had all this stuff going on. And then later on, you know, then you had this, you know, had the alternative and the grunge and the, right. the party raps, the commercial part. So picture me being a kid in the middle of all this going on. My, my grandfather, doo-wop, early rock and roll, pioneer, blues guy. So I had all that going on. B.B. King, Albert King. All that stuff. And then, of course, there's Prince, Michael Jackson, the Jacksons, Stevie Wonder, James Brown, New Edition, New Kids on the Block, um, um, Led Zeppelin, and, and all these different kind of rock groups, like Motley Crue. Like, I had all of that going on in my preference. So that's what makes me the artist that I am because I always wanted to be diverse. I never wanted to be stuck in one thing because it's obvious that, that funk, gospel, and R&B are my roots, and then hip-hop came like a little bit right after that. But... I got into other things as well. I was in, I was heavy into jazz. I'm still am, and that whole situation. So I wanted to make sure I was a well-rounded artist, and that's what the Plan Twelve is really all about. Is that um, there's no barriers on my music. I, I do what I feel, and I'm a fan of every music that you hear me do. So if you hear my albums, and you hear me do a song like Digital Love Experience, which is an EDM song, 
that's because I love EDM music. I'm, I'm a huge house. First of all, I'm from one of the capitals of house music, New York mm -hmm. City. The club scene in New York City was the yeah. best. Of so, hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Like, why, why yeah. wouldn't I be a part of that? You know what I mean? Like, it's not even... And people get shy, and they, they people learn that you like country music. I'm like, are you kidding me? Alabama, the Oak Ridge Boys. Mm -hmm. No, I love those groups. Like, you, you know them. My, actually, my favorite is Brooks and Dunn. I'm, I'm actually the, the biggest Brooks and Dunn fan. Really? Um, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Garth Brooks, of course. Um, Shania Twain. I love all of them. I, I'm a, I love all that stuff. It's great songwriting. It's pure. The, the, the music the musicianship of it all is very stripped down which gives the vocal a, a chance to breathe and the song to be heard when shania twain um sings still the one you felt every ounce of when she was singing it mm -hmm. you felt it yeah that's that's sure. what country represents and that's why lionel richie you know besides him being one of my closest big bros I, i'm a diehard and a richie fan because he dared to be a black r&b artist that came out with sail on down the line at the half a mile so <laughs> And it's like, why is he doing country? I said, uh, duh, he's from Alabama. Hello. <laughs> so, it's, so, I mean, long story short, that's pretty much um, me as an artist. I'm, I'm all over the place, and I'm proud. I represent the people who love more than just two styles of music. I, I love all kinds of music. So that's me. I love it. Okay, so where can we find you? Like, where can we find your music? And where can we find Do you have a website? Um on social media, where yeah, can we find you? Absolutely. Well, we're working on the website now, but um, as most of my fans may know, they can find me on Instagram at Planet Twelve Law, and of course on Twitter at Planet Twelve Law, and on Facebook it's on Facebook.com/slash Law Planet Twelve. So okay. um, that's pretty much what you can find me and keep in touch with um all the great stuff that we got coming up. So it's just going to be amazing. We'll have those links on our website too. So absolutely, go right to yep. our website oh, and you'll find law there you. and you're going to want to follow him because he does. He, he has some facts. He, you want to, you want to <laughs> go follow him as soon as you get finished with the podcast episode, go, go over to our website and click on all those links. Oh yeah. And, and also too, let me let them know they can get me on. Um, my music is on iTunes and Spotify as well. So um, my first two albums are out there now. Um, law of the planet 12 syndrome. And of course, Law the Planet Twelve Live Sessions. So you can find them on Spotify and iTunes under my name Law, which is L Asterisk A Asterisk W. Well, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. And oh, thank you so much. I I'm so glad we had a chance to, to do this. And, and let me just say this to y'all: um, I love, 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 love what y'all ladies are doing with this podcast and just the energy. I remember from the first day that I came across it through some other fans. This is even before Roger Ortega had came on your show. I just watched your content. I saw some of the, um, listened to some of the episodes and things of that nature. It's just all things nostalgic because I created a page on my Facebook called the 80s Baby 90s Kid page. I, actually, to be honest with you, y'all kind of inspired it, actually. Y'all kind oh, of wow. people that actually inspired me to write that page because now, now that I think about it, simply because of the fact that I personally got tired of seeing not all the older generation. Some of the older generation actually love it. Like, oh, I love the 80s, but you have a lot of them that just get into this whole tirade about, ah, yeah, your music was garbage, your movies were cheesy. I'm like, yeah, and we loved every minute of it. Every minute. So my yeah. That is, yeah. Like like that. Get, look, look, look get, give me Breakfast Club any day over the weekend, these rap movies they put out now. So for me, as, as, a, as somebody who lived and breathed the culture of being an 80s baby or a 90s kid, I just want to tell y'all ladies, 
keep doing what you're doing. You, you forever you. have my support. Like I said, y'all inspire me to create those things. And I just love that, you know, we're all in this together, especially during times like this where nostalgia is important, being yeah. that we can't even do the basic stuff. So thank God for my DVD collection. I could just pull out Can't Buy Me, Can't Buy Me Love came on the other night with Patrick Dempsey. Oh, I love and that. And I, I just was, it, it, it took me right back to when that movie first came out, when yeah. I had the VHS. So it's just like, I, I just love y'all ladies for what y'all do. Your platform is amazing. And, and thank y'all ladies so much for having me on here. I oh, really appreciate thank you. it. And anytime you come back, I'll have to come back. Yeah, we'd love to have thank you come you back. So yes. much. And you also have a podcast. Yes, I, 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 absolutely. For those that have been um, tuning in, I have the Planet Soul podcast. I created this podcast to um, to do what the girls have been telling me I've been doing tonight, which is, you know, quote-unquote, teaching and preaching, but but more so to give a platform not only for musical education, but more so to salute and celebrate my musical heroes and give them their flowers on a national platform so that the fans can see and hear the great stories behind all these songs. Um, so far, um, we've had my... my um, two of my best friends, Nokio from the legendary Drew Hill. We had him on first. Um, we had the legendary Case. Um, we had Shaka Khan's daughter, um, Indira, who's one of my best friends. And just the last one we did recently, we had the legendary Daryl Simmons, who is Babyface's writing partner. The man that wrote all that great stuff with Babyface. And Babyface actually showed up in the comments and I almost lost it. So oh, my me, gosh. Th- that's, that's the reason why we do these things. And yeah. we've been close ever since. So the thing is just that, it's really providing a platform. When I started the podcast, I was going to kind of do what everybody else was doing, but I was being strategic. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me be smart about it so I can see what separates mine from all the others. Not in competition-wise, but more so what can I give them that probably another one is not giving them or something that's more uniquely me. Like, how does it fit into my psyche? And that's what it did. So far, it's been a great success. Um. We got some more incredible guests coming the next two weeks, and I can't even tell you. I like to surprise you know. I like to surprise my audience. I don't want to just give it to them right and be like, next week this person's coming on. I want to. I like to build up to it because we have so many great guests that are coming on within the next three days or so, and it's just amazing. So the Plant Talk podcast um, on my IG live. There's no schedule set time. Just just look out for my posts and keep following me on my social medias so you can get the information. So awesome. thank you. So awesome. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to have you on again if you'll come back on. Any, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Amazing. Anytime. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 So that was a great episode. Good episode. So glad that we had him on. Yeah. Thank you, La. Thank it you, La. Yeah. And... Go on our website and you can find all the social media and all the links. Absolutely. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. And if you guys wanted to send us a story or two. Um, yeah. You could do that to our, um, yes, to our so call whatever at gmail.com. Yes. Our email address. Yes. And you could call us. Well, yeah. Leave us a voicemail. If you, if it's just like a short little tidbit of story just leave it on a voicemail right that's cool too 1-857-271-1047 once again that's 1-857-271-1047 yeah oh by the way i guess people didn't know but we have merch (laughs) oh right we haven't talked about that in like a year Uh, like at least a year if not more (laughs) 
so we do have we do have merchandise on our website. You can go on our website, and I believe there's a shop link or a store link. It's been so long, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I think it just says shop. Yeah, and so you we've got that, and it goes to Teespring. Right, we've got my so-called whatever T-shirts, sweatshirts, whatever, and then we have our we are Mugs. we are all Donnie girls collection. <gasps> yes. yes, we are all Donnie girls pillows. Yes. Throw pillows. So, Those are my favorite. Yeah, so head on over, doop 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 to our store, um, and you can you can see more there. Check it out. And uh, for our Patreon users, I'm working on stuff. Just so you know, um, definitely working on stuff now. Now I feel okay to go to the post office. So, well, I'm not yeah. going to go to the post office. I'm going to send Kevin to the post office. <laughs> <laughs> Sending Kevin to the post office. Yes. <laughs> so. So yeah, Brooke, this was a great episode, and good episode. we have and a we great episode for... for you guys next week too. Yeah, and the week after, we've got some line, we've got some stuff lined up already. Oh yeah, we do. I yeah. had to think for a second, but yeah. yes, you're right, we do. We have the next couple weeks all all figured out. Yeah. So. And it's bound to be good. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna go have a bowl of Lucky Charms. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to go. I know. Don't hate me. Don't at me. Don't at me. I love that's like, you know, people have ice cream, have dessert, whatever. I have a bowl of cereal because that is. I don't like Lucky Charms. It's my favorite. And guess what? Guess what else I got? I got like it's it's like diabetes in a bowl. I said diabetes. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) That's what people in Maine say. Diabetes in a bowl. It's like it's um, Lucky Charms and Frosted Flakes. Oh, so I don't mind Frosted Flakes. I'm not a huge cereal person, um, but I you do know I love Fruity Pebbles. Yes, you and Kevin. So much so that I cannot buy them because mm-hmm. I will eat them so fast. That's like me and Lucky Charms, but I decided I can have a limit. <laughs> one Treat small yourself. bowl. Yes, one small bowl. So last week I got a box of um, Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, okay, okay. Just to switch it up, because I thought, I've always liked Cocoa Pebbles, too. Yeah. Like, growing up, it was Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, and, like, my parents would switch off. hmm I mean, I went through phases of cereal. There were other cereals I liked. As you all know, I've talked about these cereals of yore. Um, but, anyway, so I thought, well, I'll buy some Cocoa Pebbles. I won't eat those as fast as Fruity Pebbles. Oh, yes, you will. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. I ate those probably faster. Oh, I bet they were good. I, oh, my God. They were better than I remember. <sighs> it was like chocolate dream in a bowl. Yeah. I would do anything to have a bowl right now. I'm, not, I a don't big, have I'm not a big Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles person. But oh, my gosh. I, c- I am. I can imagine it's very good because, you know, I like Lucky Charms. And so it's probably com- very comparable to my Lucky Charms. I don't think it's I don't think it's comparable at all. Well, no, because you don't like Lucky Charms. But I like Lucky Charms as to you liking Fruity Pebbles. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You know okay, what I'm saying? I see what you're you know saying. What I'm saying? Yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. They're my, They're great. Wait, that's Frosted Flakes. <laughs> that's Tony the Tiger. Yes. Um, yeah, it's the marshmallows I don't like. 
I think that that's one of those things you either really, really, really love them or you really don't. Well, it was something I was never allowed to have as a kid. I was never allowed uh. to have Lucky Charms. Never, 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 never. And I didn't have it until I was an adult. Um, I get it. And so I was like, wow, this is what I've been missing my whole life. <laughs> you mean there's other cereals other than Wheaties and the Alphabet cereal? Wow. My dad used, I think I've talked about this. My dad used to buy puffed rice. And puffed rice. Yes. I forgot about that. Gross. Yeah. That was disgusting. It was like the styrofoam peanuts, like packing peanuts. I didn't mind it because that was a treat in our family. <laughs> that was like the puffed treat rice? cereal. Yeah. That was the treat cereal because we always had Wheaties. Wheaties but how was that disgusting. a treat? Because Wheaties No, are... Wheaties are delicious. I actually really like Wheaties. Oh my God. I can't stand Just them. Just plain. I don't even put sugar on them. I like them plain. The only time I liked them is when I was re like doing that picture. Oh, right. <laughs> I know the picture. <laughs> you know the picture. You know the one. This guy I wish I that, that I picture and post it. This guy that I had a huge crush on was in the paper with like all these things of Wheaties and like the specific milk that I said milk the right way. Did I? No, I didn't. <laughs> milk. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say anything. Brin's Brin's constantly, constantly telling me you just said milk. Okay, milk, milk, milk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the right milk, and everything. It was like, all, yeah, milk. I have to like lower my voice and go milk, milk. You have to lower your voice. I do, I have to go milk. <laughs> milk. But then I say it right, milk. Because if I say it in my voice, milk. <laughs> See? But if I say it, milk. Then it, then it sounds the right way. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we got to go because yeah, it's, it's, it's late. It is late. And Brooke has to, to work in the morning. I do. Oh. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be loving you forever. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.